welcome to the Spring Podcast. I'm Pastor Laura Blevins, inviting you to enjoy this week's message from the First United Methodist Church of Excelsior Springs. Thank you for coming to the waters for uplifting music, rejuvenation, and inspiration. Thank you for coming to the Spring. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Spring. My name is Ethan. I'm one of the worship leaders here. We are excited to see you all and to, uh, to have you all here with us this morning. Uh, in the back of your bulletins, uh, there's a little info card that you can fill out and uh, put that in your offering basket as it goes by. Uh, help you stay connected to all the different things we have going on here at the spring. Uh, this morning, we're going to sing some songs together. And uh, we would like to invite you all to, uh, to sing with us and uh, to go ahead and stand as you are able. And have a great time.
This is how I fight my battles. This is how. 
us, I pray that we would lay down whatever fears, whatever distractions, whatever worries or concerns we have. I pray that we would just lay those down. Pray this in your name. Amen. First, did you all know that Addie sang it? Because I didn't know that she sang it. Wasn't that beautiful this morning? She did great. We love you. You're so multi-talented. I don't even have like an ounce of what you all have. Like not even like a little bit. Um, shocked me this morning. Thank you for the beautiful songs this morning. Um, I'm going to read to you from Luke chapter 6, verses 27 to 36. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend sinners, lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Good and gracious God, as you have poured out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here, Lord, we ask that you bless the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart to be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our love, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. So today we are talking about a subject that um, is difficult for many people, especially if there is somebody in your life that you do not like. Do you, any of you have that? Somebody that you would consider your enemy, yeah? Just a few people? This is a cute picture that Brian um, picked out for that. Uh, and so today we're talking about love your enemies and how, as Christians, we are called to do this. But I first want to talk to you um, and, and share this story with you. When I was in seminary, I learned of this experiment that this um, um, guy from Japan did. His name is Dr. Emoto, and I can't remember his first name, but Dr. Emoto. And what he did was he placed water and rice in three separate jars. Have any of you heard of this before? Water and rice in three separate jars. And so what he did um, for a month, so for 30 days, he would go up to the first jar and just say loving and kind things to it. Okay, that sounds kind of strange, doesn't it? And to the second jar, he would say um, hateful things to it. And the third jar, he would just turn his back on and walk away. And this was every single day for 30 days. Now, people have tried to test this, and um, they've come out with the same results that Dr. Emoto had. So the first jar that was um, of all the loving and kind things that he spoke to the rice, it was 
clear and fermenting nicely. Isn't that kind of cool? In the same conditions of the uh, environment, except for the words that were spoken, uh, the hateful words to the second jar, he opened it up and it was full of black mold and rotting rice. And the third jar that he turned his back on and walked away from had even more still mold and um, just rotten rice. Interesting, isn't it? And so what he concluded with all of this, because it seems like, well, that sounds very, very weird. Is this a thing that actually happens? Do you have that much power in your speech? And what um, his conclusion was uh, that gratitude and loving intentions affect even the most benign of substances like water and rice. And if it does that to water and rice, what does that do to us? So today we are talking about loving the people that are the most difficult to love, our enemies. This is the one that is difficult. You know, we like to talk about love like butterflies in our stomach or magic in the air, like when I first met Jeremy. Um, we focus too heavily on the way that romance makes us feel or, or um, what our children, the love that we have for our kids, especially when they're being good, or our grandkids, which can do no wrong, I've heard. Is that right? Grandchildren can do no wrong. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We like to focus on those good things, but to focus on the kind of love that's difficult, the most difficult, which is what Christ calls us to do, which is loving people that are our enemies. Typically, when we have an enemy, and I want you to think about somebody in your life, maybe um, it's a coworker or whoever, um, a harmful individual or criminal, um, that we want to see them suffer, right? Anybody else? No? I love it. I, that's why I love the James Bond movies, because the bad guy always gets it, right? Anybody else? I love that. It's terrible of me, but it's the truth, because we want to see... The people who are our enemies suffer, and it's just this natural human response that we have in um, our, ourselves. But if we are to love our enemies and to do good for those who hate us, which is what verse 27 is, and bless the people who curse us, verse 28, and pray for those who would use us, also verse 28, we have to understand um, that God is calling us to a higher way of living, of being, of who we are supposed to be at the core of who we are. Now, you also need to understand that in Jesus' time, so he gets up and he's, he's doing this uh, message, it's a Sermon on the Mount, and he's sharing this love for your enemies. And this goes against, directly against, what the rabbis at the time were teaching, and this is important for us to understand this. So the rabbis at the time were saying, um, you need to love your neighbor but hate your enemy. That's what they were saying. So when Jesus says, love your enemies, everybody is shocked. Not just uh, the, the people there, but the, the church, the leaders of the church are just floored by this. No, we are supposed to hate those who are our enemy. 
It's against the teaching of the time, what Jesus says, the common understanding, and just this desire that we have, that when we have an enemy, we want them to suffer. All of these things go against our natural feeling when Jesus says, love your enemy. We want our enemies to suffer, and that's not just new to 2020. We think revenge is sweet, that it will make us feel better. It does not. Hate is a horrible thing that will destroy us, that will destroy um, our bodies. Um, if you are filled with hate, there are um, studies that talk about how you have high blood pressure from this. Um, your breathing rate increases, you have a strain on your heart, you're more likely to have heart attacks or strokes just from hate. No other physical problems, but hate. It can also um, trigger headaches and lead to you being abusive to those around you. It can break down your immune system and cause you to be susceptible to disease. Hatred can destroy you physically. Hatred can destroy you emotionally. It wears you out. I mean, hating somebody, you know, it takes a lot to hate somebody. It makes your judgment less effective, leading you to making really bad decisions. Have you ever made a really bad decision because you're dealing with someone you hate? Yeah. Oftentimes, it results in outbursts. That can cause us to be embarrassed, can lead to feelings of guilt and depression. Being angry and having intense hatred will also cause you to be more lonely because people don't want to be around you. Okay, so destroys your body, destroys you emotionally, and it destroys you spiritually. We're told that throughout the Bible, the essence of God is and if we are harboring hatred in our hearts, then we're living contrary to what God's command for us is. The result of that is a disconnect from God. If you have hate in your heart, you cannot be connected to God the way that he has intended for us. So Jesus tells us to love our enemies because he knows what hate will do to us. You know, there was a woman one time... Um, that I uh, counseled, and, and she's long since passed away, and I want to share this story with you. Um, she grew up, and uh, she had a terrible relationship with her father. Her father was not a good man. Um, he, was, he was mean. He was evil. He was abusive. Um, he was abusive to her, to her siblings, to her children. It was awful. And she struggled her whole life with the abuse that he had caused in her life and, and the hate that she had for him and just struggled. And she said, you know, I never confronted him. I never told him how wrong he was. And that's one of the biggest regrets of my life. Maybe you know somebody that's been through something like this. And she said, and now he's dead and I can't do anything about it. And I remember looking at her and I said, but you know, God has handled it, right? And she goes, what? God has handled 
this situation. You don't have to hate him anymore. God has handled it. And she said, well, I don't know how he handled it. You know, what, what did he do? How did he suffer? What did, you know, was he allowed in heaven or did he go to hell? And what happened in this situation? And I said, that's not for us to know. God handled the situation. I promise you. When we meet God on the day of our death, we will have to answer for the hateful things that we have done. If we have not repented, if we have not asked for forgiveness, we will have to answer for that. And I don't know what that looks like, okay? There are lots of preachers who would love to tell you exactly what that means. But God is the one who judges. God is the one who vengeance. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. It's God, not us. And even in these situations that are the most difficult to deal with, when somebody has really wronged you, should you be angry? Yes. Should you have every right to be a horrible person for the rest of your life, full of hate? Yes. But that's not who God created you to be. You know, um, my husband says that we, when we let people affect us in that way and we hate them, that we're letting them have rent-free space in our hearts. Okay? It's true. Rent-free. You get to come in and you get to control me. They don't care. Oftentimes, the people that you hate, do you think they care? Do you? I don't nor do they necessarily know how they affect you. And our job, our role, our, our, who we are supposed to be as Christians is more than that. Yes, it's natural to hate somebody who has done something horrible. It is natural to hate your enemy, but it's not going to do you any good, ever. And you have every right to be mad. You have every right to be angry, but it's not going to do you any good. It's going to hurt you physically. It's going to hurt you emotionally. It's going to hurt you spiritually. It's going to break you down. And that is not what God wants from you. That is not. It will consume you. And you will become like the things that you hate. So what is our charge? The hardest thing in the world to love the people who hate you, to love those who would do harm against you, to love them because the alternative is a life you don't want to live, to love because even when you were yet a sinner and doing things against God, that God still loved. Now, I did not say that you had to like them. Did you hear me? You don't have to like them, but you have to love them. You have to. That's what God calls us to do. It's this natural response. 
but God is saying, nope, mm -mm. don't hate those that hate you. Don't go after them. Don't try to be, um, you know, take revenge. And that's my job. Don't judge. That's my job, God says. Not your job, my job. Your job is to love. Now, I know that um, a lot of times, and I, and I want to say this really, really carefully because I think it's important, um, that there are people who are in abusive situations right now that there's something that's happening that they're in an abusive situation. In fact, in a congregation this size, it's the truth that there's somebody here that's in an abusive situation. And for me to say, you know, you have to love your enemies, that you have to do all that is so important, but it does not mean that you are a doormat and should be continued to be taken advantage of. Because God doesn't want that for you either. And this is a tricky place to be in. So if that is you this morning, come and talk to me. I want to pray with you. God wants more for you in your life than giving you an abusive situation. Not good. But at the core of who we are, we are not supposed to hate. And just turn on, just turn on the news and, and, and see all of the, the, the hate pointing fingers and yelling at opponents and gosh it's it's exhausting isn't it it's exhausting god wants us to be better he wants us to love our enemies and i know it's hard but that's what we're called to do and in this series and today as we're sort of wrapping up this love Series because do you know what's coming on Wednesday is Ash Wednesday and the beginning of Lent? Can you believe it? I say this every year, but didn't we just have Christmas? Like, when did they take the tree down? Like, this last week, right? Maybe it was a few weeks ago. But the truth of the matter is, Lent is coming, and it is a time for us to reflect on ourselves, to reflect on our lives, and it is a time to prepare ourselves for the resurrection for all that Jesus did for us, not just um, for those of us that we like, but for all of us. Will you pray with me? Good and gracious God, Lord, we thank you so much for all that you have done for us this day. Lord, um, John Wesley gave us a charge to do all the good that we can by all the means that we can, in all the ways that we can, in all the places that we can, at all the times that we can all the people we can as long as we ever can help us god to live that in our lives in your awesome name we pray amen should never fail me Lord. Greater 
enjoying this week's message, please consider giving to our ministry and helping us continue the work of Jesus Christ by making a contribution. Go to esmethodist.com on your computer or smartphone and click on the Giving and Service tab.
thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. God bless you all. Make sure you tell these uh, amazing musicians how wonderful they are because we couldn't do it without them. Thank you all. Have a good day. God bless. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast of The Spring. Tune in every Sunday evening for the next rejuvenating podcast of music and messages from the First United Methodist Church of Excelsior Springs. God bless you and have a great week.